0: Hello my audience, I'm Peter Resnick and welcome to the Dr. Peter Resnick's Toolbox. I want to thank all those who wrote to me with your comments and kind words. It's nice to know that people are actually listening and appreciating what I offer. Your feedback is the fuel that drives this vehicle we call Toolbox. I received three emails I want to share with you. This time, I, this week, I received many, So, but three I really want to share with you. One is written by, uh, by Gary Jensen. Here is what he wrote. I've sent this open letter to the president of Columbia College, Chicago, where I taught for four decades. Please distribute widely. Uh, it's a long 11 pages letter addressed to president to the president of the college Kwan wu kim i will just read for you the beginning he starts as a teacher of writing for four decades at columbia college i write to you with a heavy heart and an urgent plea please receive the college's requirement for students mandatory covid-19 vaccination and give students medical freedom and bodily choice as offered faculty and staff then the letter lists a lot of provides a lot of information about the harm done by the vaccines it quotes many ex- experts who oppose this kind of vaccination which is i agree not a vaccine that people begin to understand that it's not 11 pages of comprehensive reaches, research on the subject most of this information ladies and gentlemen you can find here at prn in the archives uh, of the shows of gary Null, dr peter bregan and naomi wolf but in this letter it's all well so well put together in one package Of course, I will not read the whole letter to you, but if any of you are interested in reading the letter, please send me an email and I will forward you the letter. The second email I received is from St. Clair. And I hope, St. Clair, you are with us today because I will be addressing your requests. And thank you very much for your comments and compliments, for your kind words. But let me now see if I can respond to your requests. Here is what St. Clair shared with me. My medical issue is glaucoma, which runs rampant in my extended family tree. I'm personally resisting its taking my remaining eye. However, Dr. Resnik, I just received a phone call from my daughter, who is in her 30s, being diagnosed with early stages of glaucoma. Yeah, uh, I have to say, uh, it's, I, I'm I'm very sorry, uh, Sinclair. I know, I know how difficult it is, I'm a parent too. And when something happens with our children, uh, it it hurts more than when we have mishaps happening to us. Uh, Here are the two requests. Yeah, uh, also he writes here, here there are two requests I have. Number one, please send the colorful eye chart showing the Schlem vessel and please provide the 21 day exercise for relieving optic nerve damage and the second request please obtain from your nephew his recommendation i recalled having in an earlier show your you broadcasted how he healed his son who received facial and eye damage from his military encounter well sinclair let me let me start with uh, answering your second question uh, regarding my nephew vladimir and i understand you're talking uh i i cannot call him and and ask him to engage you and provide you with recommendations uh, you know he lives in florida we talk uh, often but you know maybe once a week maybe uh, twice a week, uh, but I would rather you take time and and address him because it will be like a broken telephone. Uh, like he would probably have to ask you a number of questions to to give you any recommendation. So I would suggest that you email him, and it's Vlad V L A D angered V L A D A N g e r t at gmail.com or call him at 786-877-1604 and i'm i'm he is very responsible and very uh, open to uh, people's requests and and questions so um, next time i will have him on the show again you everybody is welcome to call and ask questions um, that's always my invitation uh, now the first request to send you a color chart uh, there is no color chart there is just a photograph uh, a picture of the eye uh, because we will, I will do with you an exercise and you need to look and, and do the same thing you can recommend to your to your daughter to listen to this show and you send her the the picture uh, two hours ago, I sent you to your email, the chart or or the picture of the eye, so that you would know what we're doing when, when I do the exercise. Let me talk a little bit about glaucoma from psychological and then mind-body perspective. Glaucoma is an eye melody in which there is an insufficient drainage of fluid in the area surrounding the lens. When this drainage does not occur, there is a buildup of pressure that can lead to serious eye problems. That's the psychology of it. And there is a number of things that can be done. Uh, one, uh, you can order, there is a eye support from... Uh, Dr. Joseph Mercola, uh, Mercola website. Then you also have to, and you need to tell your daughter, even though it's good to exercise, she needs to avoid exercises, which would increase pressure, ocular pressure. So that she needs to discuss with, with a specialist. If she does yoga, some exercises are wonderful, some are actually, maybe, can be harmful. Uh, but that's, and we'll, we'll do mental exercises, and as I discussed with you all in the, in the previous shows, the mental exercises stimulate physical changes in the body. Uh, But I want to to say a few things about the mind-body perspective. Uh, Let's talk about this um, glaucoma being possibly genetic, because you said that it runs in your family, Uh, and now your daughter also is diagnosed with with the problem. Uh, From mind-body perspective, uh, late, late uh, Dr. Gerald Epstein used to say we I don't believe in genetics I believe in psychogenetics. What did he mean? Uh, yes certain problems occur in the families passed from generation to generation and it looks like yeah if the, for example if a mother had breast cancer, it's, there is a big chance that the daughter will have uh, breast cancer as well. But the researchers looked only on the physiology of it. What Dr. Epstein, and in my practice, I, I confirmed it, this being quite true, is that it's not uh, that it's a physical transmission, but more environmental slash psychological tra- transmission will give you, with an example, with an, of an as an example, this breast cancer. You will discover that, for example, uh, a woman who has breast cancer had a mother who lived pretty much the same way as this this patient, and that is being undernourished. Remember, the breast is about nourishment. So I find that in my practice for sure, and Dr. Epstein also, uh, saw many, many women with breast cancer who are sweetest, wonderful human beings, but most of the time are undernourished emotionally. There is another observation I made is that women with breast cancer often have issues with their own mothers. Not receiving nourishment from early on, so, and so what I'm saying is that if you examine, if you think about the the mother and then the, the grandmother of a woman with breast cancer, you will find that they lived the same life. Not that it's just the body who responded the same way. The body didn't come first, but the lack of emotional nourishment came first and uh, the the mother uh, behaves a certain way, uh, her daughter observes her and keeps perpetuating the same patterns of behavior, and then her daughter does the same, and so on. I'm giving you these examples uh, of breast cancer just for you to to get used to the analogy, to look at a physical problem in an analogical way. So uh, now think about eyes, and yes, we say uh, physiologically it's lack of drainage and build-up pressure. So let's look. If we said that breast, the breast is is a source of nourishment physiologically, that's the function to feed the baby. What are their eyes for? um uh, it's about the eyes are about seeing being able to see so you, you need to examine i'm not saying that that is 100 percent true i'm just inviting you sinclair to think about your family tree and think how people in your family look at events at people and maybe there is an issue within uh, that attitude or approach to life maybe not but you're the only one who will be able to to explore it excuse me Uh, meanwhile we have to deal with the symptom the exploration will take a while one of the ways to explore is simply through logic through examining your own life, your own way of seeing reality, uh, talking to your daughter, thinking about other family members. Uh, But the other way is uh, simply you write a letter. Dear higher self, please inform me through my night dreams about the causes of my problems with the eye, or about the reasons for the pressure in my eye, and so, uh, and put it under the night, under your pillow. And if, when you wake up in the morning, if you have any, any, even a small dream, write it down and read my article on my website, uh called dream work and that's really quite a good manual step by step on how to work on your dream Uh, because the dream once you wrote this request so your mind knows that you requested it so your dreaming mind will provide a story that you will be able to to break down to understand and possibly you will find a way to to make a correction if there is any conflict within the story because something is feeding the problem any problem whether you uh, you have a foot problem or lungs uh, not working well or the heart or, or the eye they are all organs they are physical embodiments of functions that function comes before the physical form And and the function of the eye is, of course, to see. So there is something about seeing. Just explore it, and I will be happy to hear your feedback, what you think about it. And you're also welcome to call if you want, and we can talk about it. Uh, If you're not calling, I want to give you, like you asked for um, an exercise to reduce pressure I would like to give you two exercises. The first one is, and I hope you have now. I sent you, as I said two, two hours ago, the picture of the of the eye and the Schlem canal. Um, so the the exercise is called the canal of Schlem, and the intention. Remember how we do the exercises. First, we state the intention. You state. Uh, I am doing this exercise with the intention to bring my intraocular pressure to normal. It's very important, so please, if <clears throat> if you decide to share with your daughter, tell her that she, it, the intention is very, very important. So then close your eyes and breathe gently out through your mouth. Breathe in, normal. Breathing out twice as slow as breathing in. And sense, or think, or imagine, air coming in through the pupil of your eye. As you breathe in, the pupil opens and lets air in. As you breathe out, the pupil closes. Sense the air creating a ripple in the field and pushing the river, the fluid, through the canal of Shlem. Feel the wave of fluid flowing through the canal into the adjustment venous sinus, the opening. And carrying the fluid away from the venous drainage system of the body. Know that your ocular pressure has returned to normal. Then breathe out one time and open your eyes. Now this is to reduce the pressure and to accelerate, to improve the drainage. I have the second exercise. This exercise, by the way, the first exercise you do uh, for 21 days three times a day it's a very short exercise really Uh, it took me a while to do the exercise because it takes me time to talk but when you do it on your own once you stated the intention and closed your eyes it shouldn't take more than 30 40 seconds the most so three times 40 seconds it's what 120 seconds it's two minutes investment of your time but I also would suggest that you do for three weeks another exercise. You do it only one time in the morning upon awakening. Uh, from your first name, St. Clair, I understand that you, you're a Christian. So it's a perfect exercise for a person who is a Christian. You remember there is a, a story, I don't remember in which of the Gospels of jesus curing the blind so just close your eyes and say to yourself mentally i'm doing this exercise with an intention to choose to see perfectly or you can say also to have perfect vision whatever is comfortable for you and now breathe out one time and see yourself coming to Jesus and asking him to return your vision if you need you share with him your pain and also errors that you have made see yourself going to a fountain Jesus bends over takes earth dirt wets it and covers your eyes with dirt. Then he prays for you. Then you wash your face, wash your eyes, and see yourself opening your eyes wide and see with great clarity. Thank the master for help, and then breathe out one time and open your eyes. Okay, St. Clair, I hope you were participating. I don't hear you, I don't see you calling in, but uh, even if you're not uh, with us today, then you will probably uh, listen to this show on archives. So, and I will appreciate if you call us or write to me in the future to let us know um, what kind of impact this exercise has had. And now I want to share with you another email, uh, and it's an email from Chris. Uh, He said, I want to ask you about nightmares, I've been having regular nightmares. Uh, What is best approach to address them? Should I email you more specific of what they are? uh of course that's that doesn't work um when somebody send me an email with with night dreams because there is no you already know many of you probably read my article uh dream work and know that there is no way i can work with anybody's dream if they just send it to me in fact a number of people send me like three four pages of of night dreams saying what do you think i don't think i don't even read them because there is no value in me reading them i will read them um what we learn we will learn something from the dream only when i ask questions specific questions pertaining to you because the meaning of objects that appear in the dream are meaningful only to you so but Overall, I have to tell you, if you have nightmares, particularly that they're repeated nightmares, it means your dreaming mind is trying to bring your attention to something very important, something which is out of balance, something that needs to be corrected. And to make sure that this conflict doesn't go unnoticed, it's, it's, it's a dramatic uh, show that you see a dramatic movie. So the answer is uh, you have to address, you have to address the nightmare. In my experience, when you make a correction to a nightmare, very often the nightmares are repetitive and and if not exactly the same, similar stories come over and over again because it's the same issue that is knocking your door. So what you need to do is to make a correction, and uh, it's in my in the article. And once you make a correction, the nightmares disappear. In fact, uh, recently somebody actually called, um, maybe a few weeks ago, called uh, called in and reported that they had nightmares, and and once I did with them correction on the show, the nightmares disappeared. So that's my answer to you. And now we go back, Um, I will pause if anybody wants to call, please, this is the right time now. I know, (laughs) I ask people over and over, why not too many people call? And so many people write to me and say to me, well, you, you talk about interesting things and we don't want to interrupt. Okay, now you're not interrupting. If you want to call, please call now. You have the telephone on your screen. Well, if you're not calling, I, I don't want us to be quiet and waiting for your call. So let me go back to the subject of approval seeking. <clears throat> remember. Uh, by the way, by the way, remember I told you that I keep coming up again and again with new issues that human beings are dealing with, right? How I uh, discovered, not discovered, they they exist, but I just noticed two uh, more, in addition to all those that I already spoke to you about and and those that I am to talk about and I mentioned them to you, but I I discovered by last week lying and um gossip i believe but this week (laughs) i suddenly came across another one and it's amazing that i did not i did not think of it and that is stealing it's a huge subject we in fact we we uh, i had a show where i invited my nephew Vlad um four shows Uh, during which we discussed ten commandments and one of the commandments, uh, the eighth one, I think we spent like maybe 20 if not more minutes talking about this commandment and what stealing means and different forms of stealing. So for sure I will be talking about this problem. But now we go back to 12 uh, approval-seeking behaviors. Last time I told you what they are, but today I want to give you the tools of how to deal with them, how to overcome the problem. Because the approval-seeking behaviors are so diverse. I mentioned, because I read the article about it, uh, and then I gave credit to the author uh, who, who mentioned these 12, but there are probably more than 12. Maybe maybe you will contribute, you will tell us about other forms of approval-seeking. But the twelfth, as I, I will mention quickly, and then we'll talk about how to address it. The first one was, remember, taking any disagreement personally, which means people have to agree with you. Uh, it, it, that That constitutes them approving of not only what you say, but who you are. You equate uh, your thoughts, you attach meaning to your thoughts as representing who you are. And when somebody disagrees with you, it's like a personal assault. What can be done about it? Uh, A while ago, I mentioned to you the work, um, the name, uh, doc, Dr. David Bohm, protege of Albert Einstein, quantum physicist. But in addition to doing quantum physics, he was a philosopher and he wrote a wonderful, uh, I cannot say, article, it's like an essay called Dialogue. And he teaches about, and, and I, in fact, I think I told you I belong to a group. Founded by Dr. Baum and Dr. David Schneberg, Psychiatry School, both of them unfortunately are not alive anymore. Uh, but the idea of dialogue, rather than argument, debate, discussion, dialogue is simply sharing information. You share something, and you, nobody. Correct for you, nobody disputes what you say. They assume, we assume in, in during the dialogue that we're all grown human beings, and everybody has the right to have their own opinion. So one person shares with something, the other can just be quiet or ask questions regarding the issue. Uh, but nobody is asking his opinion Uh, if you are interested let's say a person or shared uh, some viewpoint if you are interested in more information about the same subject you can ask please clarify for me this or that but you don't argue with that person if that person will ask you and what is your view on the subject you share your view it's just a view there on, on one on one issue there may be 20 30 different views and there may be no right answer it also may depend on on environment on a person having this view on historical circumstances on physiology you name it so you have to practice every one of these techniques that i will be giving you about freeing yourself from needing approval involve before anything involve observation you need to observe you need to become a watcher in buddhism they have this practice called the witness you have to be a witness of your own behavior and for that to accomplish that you need to be able to have time, without rushing. Uh, s- sitting back or, or making a step back and thinking of what made you cringe, for example. Remember, taking disagreement personally it means somebody disagreed with you and you cringed. There is remember, any strong feeling produces physical shift. So most of the time, <clears throat> excuse me, if, if it's something negative, if, if uh, something hurts your feelings in this situation, somebody disagreed with you, it's a physical tension. Very often it's in the chest or in the stomach. And what I'm encouraging you to do is any moment you notice this cringing or tightness, you pause and you ask yourself, what is happening in my body? And in response to what? What is was said that made me feel so uncomfortable? And then you remind yourself that this is just an exchange. This person has absolutely a right to have an opinion. It's not against you. It's not for you. It's just a person's opinion. If you begin to do this with head-keeping the idea that it is just a dialogue, it's exchange of ideas, sharing ideas without needing to convince the other person to take your opinion as his or her. You have to permit them to live this way and you have to allow yourself to live this way. That is, People are who they are. They have different background. They have different uh, education, different physiology, and they may come up with many different uh, views from from yours. It means nothing; just another opinion. Now, the second way of of uh, being dependent. on on someone's approval is changing or adapting your point of view in the face of apparent disapproval. Uh, Again, if somebody shows their disapproval, they do not play by the same rules. They're not listening to Peter Resnick then, oh, if they would listen, maybe they would say, that's ridiculous. You have to make your point. You have to have one view, let's say, in the in a business. You have to do it what the right way and so on. If it's a person's business, yes, and you are an employee, yes, you have to follow what they say. But otherwise, a person may dis- disagree with you. And what you do in order not to react Remember, the best is you don't accommodate them. Because why do people adapt their viewpoint to somebody else's? Because they don't—they're afraid that somebody will not like them, or somebody will ridicule them. No, you don't need to. They—they they express their opinion after you expressed yours, and if you have this impulse to begin to defend yourself that is to to adjust to basically betray yourself because betray your truth once you recognize it physically make a step back or if you are sitting physically move back what it does is it creates interference between the stimulus somebody disagrees with you and your habitual accommodating them or changing your opinion because what what I'm saying uh, I believe makes sense you don't keep changing your opinion because somebody expresses different opinion from yours but it happens automatically it happy you you learned it, to do this over the years there were reasons for it will not go into the reasons why what is important once you understand that it's not good for you that you make changes. Um, Again, as I said, most of these exercises involve stepping back, pausing, because most people know what is right. They just act habitually. And in order not to act habitually, we have to pause. And then we can make a conscious decision, possibly pause and breathe out not in remember because you stimulate sympathetic nervous system if you became uncomfortable uh, norepinephrine is released in your brain you become anxious no you first slowly breathe out then breathe in normal breathe out slowly breathe in normally by that you stimulate your parasympathetic nervous system you come down and then you can make the right decision the next way of um seeking approval is when a person is afraid to say no for fear of disapproval uh that's that say not saying no uh (laughs) you make two people pay the price most of the time when you do things uh against your will yeah but you willfully said yes though inside you said no you didn't want to do it but you uh, there is a part of you that puts pressure it's not it's not the one one focused peaceful decision i am going to do this or this no part of you says i don't want to do it one part then there is another part that puts pressure because it needs that approval so The same thing, you step back, you sit back, and you think about being honest. Because when you are dishonest, when you do something against your will, and you say yes, you end up feeling bad about yourself, feeling bad about extending yourself, because you really didn't want to. And you let down the other person. And very often you end up resenting that person for you choosing to do it. Why? Because you did not want any disapproval. Very often you, it's a story. Nobody would give up on you as a friend if you don't feel like doing something. Nobody will start hating you or stop loving you. That's in your mind. That's training from childhood. Very often these behaviors come from childhood. And now you're an adult. You don't need their approval. And yet you simply act habitually. That's why it's so important to pause and make a decision. Am I honest? Um, Again, ladies and gentlemen, I am looking forward to your calls. Nobody is calling today. You're absolutely welcome to call. I will... Uh, pause on this subject and I will mm-hmm. gladly talk to you anyway next not standing up for your rights uh, it's the same thing if if there is if there is something that you know you you're entitled to or something that is true to you and you don't speak up again you, you're afraid maybe to disagree to because once you disagree remember like a person may not like you or people may not like you but then you're lying to yourself and very often by not standing up for what is true to you you're letting down other people allowing them to be the worst of themselves people take things for or you for granted so it's always good to be honest try it out all you what do you have to lose now next number five is uh, gaining attention or or acceptance through gossip Ay, ay, ay. Gossip I designate it as a separate issue that we have to work on because I will tell you something. Uh, in my tradition, Judaism, it's the biggest uh, behavioral problem that, that people have. In Talmud it's written. and and because it's such an addictive thing i'm not going to talk a lot about it because i will will have a whole subject maybe half an hour dedicated to it but in talmud um, i want just a little bit to tell you it's written that majority of people fall prey to the impulse of greed they 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 go for money. They somehow don't act honestly once money, or particularly big money, comes in. Remember in Godfather, Don Vito Carleone says, uh, played by Merlin Brando, if you cannot buy a man even for big money, you can buy him for very big money. So, so the Talmud said it two thousand years ago, that majority of people you can buy because of money. Then they say minority, which means eighty, maybe fifty-five percent versus forty-five percent. Minority of people will fall for sex, but 100 percent of people are victims. Of this affliction called gossip, everyone, to one degree or another, gossips, uh, and and it's a huge, huge affliction. Again, as I said, we'll have a whole big discussion about it. But for now, you understand why people are gaining attention through gossip. It's like it appears that you know something, uh, and it makes you. Uh, more interesting, more influential, influential whatever it is, uh, choose not to do it. But just remember this. Because if you gossip, you know that you're doing it. You know what they say. Intelligent people speak about ideas. Average people speak about events. Uh, unintelligent people speak about other people. Uh, but that's not a Talmudic saying. Talmud was written 2000 years ago. But that's very deep that, that most people, to one degree or another, talk about other people. And it's very, very damaging. For now, if you want, just decide not to do it. And if you have the impulse and you start doing it, you say, oops and stop they say, say i don't want i don't want to talk about it it's not right number six appearing to agree with someone when when you really don't whether you appear verbally or non-verbally you pretend that you agree uh, again because if you if you don't agree you're afraid that that they will disapprove of you, that they will not like you. Well, you know, would you like to be a friend of somebody who thinks that you are a different person? Or let's say if you are with a man or a woman, if you are in an intimate relationship, and they think you are a different person, in fact, I don't know. They have some kind of glasses, and they don't see really who you are. Or they um, decided that you, um, that hero, uh, that they were fantasizing about. They describe qualities and as- ascribed it to you. But you, deep inside, you know it's not you. So, would you like to be loved that- by that person? who loves somebody else it's not you that's what it is agreeing with someone when you don't agree you pretend to be somebody else and yes they're your friend they don't argue with you but it's all a lie you're living life of a lie so again if you notice you have to be watchful i'm challenging you i'm offering you take one week and just observe just only this this aspect of your life whether or not you act out of the need to be approved of to be liked number seven not speaking up when you have received unsatisfactory service or goods and it can be in a restaurant And you don't want to make waves, you don't want to look too demanding uh, to other people. Shortly, you don't feel comfortable to confront someone. You know, what happens then is you make yourself a victim. When it happens long time enough, you actually hypnotizing yourself that, that, it's okay for you to accept whatever happens, anything that happens, you will say yes. And with this victim consciousness, remember we spoke about the principle that which is inside is outside, that which is outside is inside. Remember that beautiful Chinese symbol, yin and yang, black within white, white within black. So having this victim mentality where you accept, Things which you don't need to, but you would choke on, on words because what if you speak up and what if somebody gets angry? What if somebody thinks of you not right? So you are becoming victim inside, and then guess what? You attract victimizers in your life. And the more you accept things which are not acceptable, the more of these assaults will come into your life uh number eight pretending to know or understanding something that's that's rubbing yourself yes i I understand you don't want to be again it's not it's not embarrassing not to know something you didn't know it yesterday today you know but for some people they're convinced if they they say that they don't know somebody will think poorly of them which is which is i think it's such a silly thing actually because if somebody judges you for not knowing something and in fact turns away from you then you lose someone you don't need in your life in the first place this person is judgmental but if you say that you don't know something most people will be very happy to share with their knowledge so and so if you do not you pretend that you know while you don't know you know you are choosing to steal from yourself to rob yourself of knowledge so watch become aware of it and do the right thing the next one Feeling the need to apologize even if you didn't do anything wrong, if there is no disapproval, that happens. Uh, that happens very often habitually. Uh, in fact, some traditions, uh, unfortunately, that are very teaching guilt. Uh, what one of my clients said breathing too much was a sin too so it encourages they encourage to apologize for anything that's and and as a growth if you grew up like this as a child uh, it was coming from the outside and you got hypnotized to do it but now you're an adult become aware that whether or not you are apologizing unnecessarily And stop, just make a choice to stop, even if you cringe in the beginning. Remember, everything and everyone can be habituated. You can be habituated to accepting abuse. You can be habituated to speaking the truth. Notice, I'm not saying uh, uh, accepting abuse versus abusing somebody else. It doesn't have to be that opposite. Like, remember Elie Wiesel, said what is the opposite of love and of course many people will think automatically hate and he said no the opposite of love is indifference so uh, not apologizing it doesn't mean uh, you don't care it's just life is things are happening and you don't need to it's not humility apologizing over and over it's neediness for approval for people to see that you god forbid you're not taking extra space in this world everybody has a right to have space we're not different it's like minimizing yourself making yourself small nobody has more right than you to life to dreams to have aspirations nobody nobody at all but we create our reality with what we say to ourselves about ourselves so never say to yourself about yourself that you don't want to be true Uh, number 10 expecting compliments or fishing for them and being upset when they're not forthcoming. That is really working for uh, for feedback. And you can of course say, Peter Resnick, you want the feedback from us. You like, you say you like, uh, you like feedback, you appreciate that we say good things when we write to you. It's true, it's true. Uh, it's all the degree that is if i maybe i'm with justification maybe maybe i do have a problem uh, I'm, as i'm talking to you now yes it does make me feel good i don't know yeah. it, it it's like i know because because it's a, a radio show and i don't see your faces i need feedback and i need to know that people are actually interested in the subjects that i'm talking about i would not be uncomfortable if you don't if you just sit in my class and i see your faces i see that you are uh, studying you're absorbing and you are not complimenting me that that's i don't need i don't need them but i do appreciate feedback but of course uh somebody else i know went way beyond me i i think that i to some degree, still I am in need. This is my pro- my challenge. I uh, I am with you. Those who feel that they need compliments, I I still feel I need, uh, if not approval, but uh, appreciation of what I do. That's true, and I think it's a problem. My nephew, I invited him to one of my uh, shows. Oleg Ryznik, the medical doctor. He does not need anyone's approval. He is at the level uh, where he really mastered this need. Uh, because, for example, I <laughs> uh, I went to visit him in Maine, uh, and it was February. It was freezing weather, and he he I knew that he was he goes to swim every other day all through winter, and so we went to the sea and people are in winter jackets it's like freezing just to look at him taking off his clothes and then he goes to this swim for 10 minutes and i say what do you and he has three boys uh at that time they were when i saw him swim a couple of years ago they were like 18 17 and 8 and i said what do you boys say about you swimming through the winter and he said to me uh, they don't know i didn't tell them i said what do you mean you didn't tell them and he said oh, it never came to it and yet he's been swimming for several years he doesn't need to show off he doesn't need accolades praise uh, from his children i probably would definitely tell not my children so i would say this one i am stuck on uh, but I understand the importance not to have external, what they call in psychology, external locus of control, the the need of appreciation of others. Anyway, I see the time is coming up. Uh, will I will have two more uh, issues to talk to you about, uh, two more ways people seek approval, and we'll talk about the tools to deal with them uh and probably this one also needs to be addressed because i didn't address it on my own let me think about it and i will get back to you uh, um, regarding this issue next next week i just realized as i talk to you that that this is out of all of those this one is definitely <clears throat> my <coughs> excuse me my issue is here I cannot even talk anyway our, our our came to an end i have to say goodbye to you thank you for participating uh i hope you participated uh, and for being with me today and uh, again i hope you will write uh, emails or call me next week be happy and peace to all who want to live in peace Adelante, get up to the beat, adelante to the beat. I say, goomba. Come on, baby, hit a ticket, move it deep into the rumba. Aramwan, na do the mambo, salsa, tango, propia, cha-cha-cha.